Spring is in full swing and summer is just around the corner. A great time for a beach getaway at the Oceanfront Boardwalk Plaza Hotel in Rehoboth Beach, Delaware. Enjoy the best of oceanfront accommodations and amazing dining right on the beach, both with great views of the ocean and boardwalk. Enjoy a soak in the heated indoor spa pool or book the adults-only concierge level and relax in the rooftop hot tubs. Book online at boardwalkplaza.com or call 800-33 Beach. Thanks to the Boardwalk Plaza for being the Bridge Podcast Network sponsor. Hi, friends. Welcome back to another episode of If You Really Knew Me, a place for honest conversations about the Enneagram to inspire better connections with others, ourselves, and God. I'm joined today by my friend, co-host, and certified Enneagram coach, Ben Sarles. Hello, hello. How are you today? I'm great. How about you? I'm wonderful. You say the word co-workers. Hmm. Yes. Most of us have them, and hopefully we get along with them. And today we're going to talk about the Enneagram in the workplace. In order for an organization to flow smoothly, there needs to be a good culture and a healthy work environment. Ben, what are your thoughts on this? Kim, I feel very strongly about using the Enneagram in the workplace. And of course, we love all of our co-workers. Yes, we do. You silly Willie. <laughs> In fact, many businesses use a form of personality typing to help employees work together as well as better identify the client or customer. You know, I used to work at a job that um, it was a call center and we took everyone off the phones Mm -hmm. and everyone had to learn a little bit of personality typing to figure out who it is you're speaking to on the other end of the phone. So this can not only help with your coworkers, but help with the people you serve. Cool. So I believe the Enneagram even gets us closer to seeing where others come from and how they see the world than other personality typing systems. Okay. We can connect with them better, minimizing misassumptions and hurt feelings and arguments helps us all get the work done faster, doesn't it? Yeah. If we're known, then we want to do a good job. And be productive because we don't want anything to jeopardize our ability to be in a culture that we like. Uh, we've talked about our culture here at the bridge. Yes. It's a, such a sweet work culture. And, it is. And you don't want anything to mess that up. You're a part of it. And exactly. You and don't, you don't want anything to mess that up. So um, I've led some trainings with some teams to discover each type and look at blind spots in their business and organization and to work better together. Uh, there's a resource that I have found uh, called The Do's and Don'ts of Leading Each Enneagram Type. And it's by Ian Cron and StoryBrand. Mm-hmm. And I think that it's very valuable in the workplace. And I'd like to share some of it today if I could. The workplace is where I learned about the Enneagram and just fell in love with it. And I feel like it's been life changing. It's helped me personally with my, you know, in understanding my coworkers better. And I love the statement you said about being known. That is super important. And I believe we give our best when we feel our best. So let's just dive right in and let's start with type nine. What's what's the work personality type of a nine? Let's do it. Uh, Type nines are great leaders. In fact, every type is a great leader. So um, if you hear things about a certain type, um, no type is better than another, of course, and each one can make great leaders. So type nines are pleasant. They're laid back and accommodating. 
you know, they're motivated to keep peace mm-hmm. in the work environment and avoid conflict. They like consensus. So when you're dealing with a type nine, you want to make sure you set clear expectations and goals. Encourage them to share their opinions, you know, not just merge with others. We talked about type nines wanting to merge yeah. in order to keep the peace. They have such uh, valuable things to share, so we want them to share it. Um, something you would not want to do to a type nine, don't undervalue or let them undervalue their skills. Give them time to process instead of needing a decision on the spot. Yes. Yes. So those two <laughs> things, um, their presence matters. Just remember that's a core desire is for nines is for their presence to matter. Exactly. So don't, don't undervalue them and don't let them undervalue and give them time instead of on the spot. Yeah. And I know some of the nines, we have two nines that we work with, and they definitely like to mull things over and think about things before answering right away, even though sometimes I'm like, I need an answer now. But I respect that. I totally respect that they need to do that. And so we probably shouldn't like run to them when we're in a hurry and rush them for an answer because I think they really want to give us a quality answer and they want to think it through. So um, maybe we need to give them that time and and let them process it. You know, I've dealt with some type nines and... There's times I need them to say yes to something. Yeah. And if I run right to them and I'm like, hey, they're more, they're more, you know, bound to say no at first. But if you give them time to think about it, then there's more of a chance for them to say yes. You know, if if yes is what you need. And I think they're taken aback when you run at them like that. I've noticed with the two nines, I specifically know if I go in and I'm, I ease my way into the conversation with them and I'm Mm -hmm. like, hey, what about this, this and this? It goes over so much better than me like screaming at them or jumping like I need a quick answer now. I just feel like they I mirror them more and 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 they I get a better response. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Well, and it helps them to feel a part also to be like, okay, well, I'm included. They like consensus. So they enjoy being brought into the decision making process. So I think that works both ways. Exactly. So let's go to a type one. What about their personality type? Type ones are meticulous and hardworking and reliable. Uh, One of the things you can guarantee with a type one is they're going to show up, they're going to do what's expected of them, and they'll do it consistently. So they're motivated by a need to perfect themselves. And not only do they try to perfect themselves, but they like to perfect others and the world Mm -hmm. also. So one thing you want to do is to use their ability for quickly spotting mistakes and improving things. Mm -hmm. That will be such a help in the work environment. Um, Also be clear in how you want a job done and give them deadlines. You know, that's important also. Because they want their meticulous, don't just say, go figure this out and I want you to do it quick and bring it back to me. Yeah. You know, it needs to be clear what you want and they will deliver. Exactly. Um, One thing that, well, there's two things you really don't want to do when dealing with a type one at work. Don't allow them to put off starting or completing a project because they fear it won't be perfect. Mm, Wow. So remembering that inner critic in Mm -hmm. a type one. Yes. Things could always be better. It's not quite good enough yet. You know, the thing is, they are so meticulous. It's probably way more detailed than what I would do. Yeah. And in a sense, way better. Um, It's okay that everything does not have to be exactly perfect. Yeah. So go ahead and finish that 
task or go ahead and start that task. You don't have to fear that. Um, and then don't let them redo work that they think others didn't do right the first time. <laughs> so let me they, just fix this for yes. you. <laughs> because it just comes natural to to spot those things that could be better. Exactly. You know, I worked with a type one way before I realized anything about the Enneagram. Uh-huh. And I would notice that they would kind of come back and, and shore some things up and whatever. And the things they did were good. Was it necessary to complete the project um, and move on to the next? I don't know. But um, I, if I had known how seriously that they took everything and they wanted everything to be as good as they can, I could have probably said, you know, this is good. You don't need to worry about it. Thank you so much. Yeah. Um, let's move on to the next thing. Yeah. And it would have spoke to what they needed as well. Well, we work with a couple of ones, and I truly appreciate their attention to detail. And they are great editors. Yes, they are. So if you have something that ever needs another set of eyes for proofing, they are the ones to call. So don't yes. don't miss out on, on their giftings and talents in that That's area. That's right. So tell me about twos. Twos are warm, caring, and giving. They are motivated by the need to be needed. So things you want to do with a type two, uh, type twos have a highly developed interpersonal skill set. Um, so place them in positions where there's a lot of people contact, um, frequently express appreciation for their work. Um, they don't do things for appreciation, but it really spurs them on to say what you have done is good and needed Yeah, and great job. Let's keep doing, mm-hmm. you know, Twos really appreciate that. It's an affirmation, probably. Yeah. Something you don't want to do with a two. Don't take advantage when they struggle to say no. So you know Mm. that they're not going to say no, so let's give them a few more things so they just go ahead and do it. Yeah. Um, Really, to be effective, you need to help them say no to the things that they need to say no to. And eventually, they'll do it on their own. So we have talked before about a compliment sandwich. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And so the second thing um, you need to not do is harshly criticize or publicly embarrass a two. Absolutely. Because twos sometimes will equate, I did something wrong. So you have a problem with me as a person, oh, wow. not yeah. as what I did. Um, so as as twos are trying to learn that and be mm-hmm. better about that, um, just remember that when when you criticize, they will already be down on themselves for messing up at a specific task. Yeah. And then if you publicly embarrass them, it's kind of like, I want you all to realize how much of a failure this task was, you know, (laughs) and so for a two, it really hits them hard. Well, that's, I tell you, that's like the first thing that I learned. And I learned it the hard way about twos is to never correct them in front of other people. And, and I, um, or, you know, like just say you're in a staff meeting, don't call out that person like, Hey, not even if it's not done harshly, but just don't find fault in front of the whole group. Mm -hmm. And I did that once with the two that I used to work with without even thinking I was just trying to be my helpful self. And I realized later talking to them that I crushed them. And that really broke my heart because I'm a wing too. And I'm Mm -hmm. like, I get that side of it. Well, and that was not your intention. No, it wasn't. It was to fix the things and make it all, you know, you wanted, you wanted to, 
to address the task. Exactly. And maybe they didn't separate the task from who they are. Yeah. You know. And that can be devastating. So just to just note to self. So if you work with a two, just don't do that. Just they'd rather you pull them aside one on one and say, Mm. hey, let's look at this project or whatever it is. And and this is the thing that I saw. And I think that's going to go a long way with them and knowing that you didn't do that in public. Yeah, that's a good point. Pull them aside and address it privately. Yep. So threes, dun, dun, dun. Threes are success oriented, image conscious and wired for productivity. Um, They are motivated to be or appear to be successful and avoid failure. Mm -hmm. So these are the get or done people. Mm -hmm. They, you can give them a long list of things and you know that they will complete, they will almost complete more things than any other type number because they're driven to do it. They see what needs to be done and they do it. So they're great to have on staff. They're great leaders. Um, So when you have a type three, Um, In your work environment, set clear performance goals and success measurements. They like to complete. They like to win. (laughs) So when we complete, we win. And um, so... Check it off the list. That's right. Check that list right off. (laughs) Offer rewards and advancement for good work. I mean, that is motivation there for three to keep doing what they're doing you know and you know what if you're in a happy work environment you're in a productive work environment amen yeah people want to stay in that environment and Mm -hmm. don't want to do anything to jeopardize it i was just gonna say i've become very aware of these traits since i discovered i was a three and sometimes i have to really stop myself and rethink how i want to handle a situation and i mean i think it's really good to be self-aware of your motivations in the work environment and ask god to guide you because now that I've seen things in myself, I'm like, okay, why am I doing this? Is there another way I can do it? Like, what's my heart behind it? And it's really made me stop and not not just learn who my coworkers are, but learn myself. Like, mm-hmm. oh, this is this is who I am, but wow, this is who I am in the work environment. Yes. This is how others see me. So being self-aware is a good thing, but then not just the awareness, but then doing something about it and asking God to help you do something about it. And I'm not perfect. We're all not perfect and we're getting there, but praying and stopping and asking God, show me where where I need to work on an area. That is such a good point because the Enneagram is the tool to find what the diagnosis is, yeah. but God is the treatment. Amen. And so if yes. we just are self-aware, but then we don't do anything about it, yeah. then where are we? We just know where we are and, and it's going to stay that way. And then you say stuff like, well, that's just me. That's who I yeah, am. Yeah. Well, it is. But, you know, you can have a better attitude and you can ask God to give you more grace in an area. So yeah. don't just use it as a, as a crutch. That's right. You got to exactly use it as a tool right. to fix. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, there are some some things you don't want to do when dealing with the type three at work. Don't allow them to cut corners to get it done fast. Mm. Some things you can't do that. So this would be someone who's not self-aware as a type three. They're just checking that list off. And the more they check off, the better they feel. Mm -hmm. There's a there's a quality to it, too. And I know, as you and I have discussed, we have learned a way to do things efficiently and 
with a quality that we're proud of yeah. also. So it exactly. takes it takes learning that. And then the second thing, you don't want to let them run over coworkers on their way to the goal. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> we got to get Whoops. to the goal no matter what. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> so just something to keep in mind. Sorry if I've done that before. Apology. Yeah. Um, okay. And fours, tell us about them. Type fours are creative and sensitive and can be temperamental. So they're motivated by the need to be unique and special. It's great if you can let them express their creativity and unique style. Let them know you understand and respect what they bring to the team. Encourage them to balance their emotional depth with more critical thinking. So a type four, very deep mm-hmm. emotionally. So, and that's great. There are certain times that you need that. Mm-hmm. They have to balance that out with some critical thinking. So uh, that's important. Something you do not want to do with a type four, don't minimize their feelings Mm. or tell them to cheer up when they're down. It'll actually only exacerbate it. So if fours have a, they have a sense of being able to sit with longing or sit with melancholy. Mm -hmm. So if you tell them to cheer up, that doesn't allow them to sit with it. Now they can't sit with it for too long, but there is something great that can happen when you don't just stuff those negative feelings. Yeah. And so a type four needs that. They need Um, to process. They need to process. Yes. And then another thing is don't compare their work to other team members. Mm -hmm. You know, and that desire to be unique, they don't want to be like X, Y, Z. They want to be a success as a team member, but they don't want to be exactly like, you know, another person on the team. Exactly. We're going to take a short break and we'll be back in a few minutes to discuss workplace do's and don'ts for type five through eight. Stay tuned. Do your kids love listening to great stories? It can be tough finding a kid's podcast which upholds your Christian values. Story Jumpers features exciting, entertaining stories by authors who write from a Christian worldview. Each episode is created with kids in mind. Audiobook clips are followed by a brief author interview your kids will find fascinating. This is a podcast for kids. Subscribe to Story Jumpers wherever you listen to podcasts. Story Jumpers is a member of the Bridge Podcast Network. Welcome back. We've been discussing Enneagram types in the workplace, and I think this is a very important place to know others' types. If your workflow is good, you get a lot accomplished, and it makes the boss happy and can build relationships with your team. Let's get back into it. Ben, please share with us the type, what type fives look like in the workplace. Type fives are analytical. They're typically emotionally detached and they're private. So these are your data crunchers, your analysts, um, ones that can really synthesize a lot of information. So they are motivated by the need to gain knowledge, conserve energy, and to kind of avoid reliance on others to get the job done. So a great thing to do with a type five is you give them a project, you tell them when it's due, and let them get it done how and where they choose. Yes. Let them know ahead what demands will be placed on them every day. And they will be fine. They will be successful in the workplace. Something you do not want to do is ask them to present or report on the fly. <laughs> they like to prepare. 
and when they have prepared, they're very knowledgeable about whatever topic it is. And then don't make them work with lots of people or in high traffic zones. (laughs) You know, they really thrive when they can have a little control over their privacy yeah and they can just buckle in and get it done like retail would not be a great place for fives <laughs> it, you know if it's retail what about um not at the register yeah or, like the stock put them in the stock room or something put them in the stock room have them going over reports have yeah. them uh stocking the shelves back up yeah. you know that kind of thing if if it's in an office environment you know have them in a place where it's a little out of the way or they have a door that they can shut. Yeah. You know, that kind of thing. If you put them in a wide open room right at the entrance to the room. Head of customer service. (laughs) Yeah. They are going, (laughs) they are going to not thrive in that as much as they could otherwise. I agree. And yes, my personal experience with fives is, is if they've worked really hard researching something and and putting it together be respectful and thankful even if you can't use the information that they've given you because they can be easily you know insulted if you if they don't think they're appreciated in something too i mean that's personal experience and yeah and i've had to you know watch what i've said like you know what thank you so much for putting that together that's really cool yes take it or leave it but i mean you just need to I think most of what we say and do in our workplaces is all about the presentation, mm-hmm. really. And if we mm-hmm. think about the way we're presenting it to them mm-hmm. and the best way they can receive it, then I think it's a win-win. Well, and think about all of life, really. Yeah. Aren't we better if we understand the person that we are speaking to for yes. whatever reason, selling yeah. something, explaining something, yeah. teaching something, if you understand them it actually helps you get it in a way that they get it. Yeah. You don't have to keep going over it and over it. Yeah. And then if they get it, you get it done quicker. They like you more. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> yeah. it's going to be a lot more <laughs> pleasant and productive place to work. I agree. I agree. Okay. What about our friends, type sixes? Type sixes are committed, practical, and loyal. So I, you know, I say every organization needs a type six. Yeah. And, I believe that they, you know, can spot risk and um, they're good at seeing what the potential pitfalls of a situation or or a project Mm -hmm. are. And then, you know, Um, so when you have a type six, they're motivated by the need for security. So listen patiently to their questions and address their concerns. Be clear. Treat people fairly. And deliver on what you promise. That is very important. Mm-hmm. So something you would not want to do with the type six is don't ignore them when they point out flaws in the plan. Mm. Because when you, they're also called the loyalist, when you have them on board, there's no one as fiercely loyal as a type six. Yeah. Um, another thing is don't let them sink into analysis paralysis when making a decision. You know, they can research it and they can see the potential pitfalls it's okay. Go ahead and take the step. Yeah. You know, let's do it now. And so they they can sometimes fall into I call it analysis paralysis. They keep, well what about this? Well what about well what if this is wrong and what you know, you have done that more than any of us mm-hmm. it, intuitively could. Um we are now going in a a nice healthy decision. Let's do it. Yeah. 
they are so amazing. I love sixes because they have your back because mm-hmm. they are so loyal. If you need someone on your team that you know you can count on and that they will support you fully, hire some sixes. Oh yeah, that's just right. Just gonna say that's right. Just put it out there. And when the naysayers <laughs> come, they'll be able to say, "Nope, we've already looked at that. Nope, exactly. we've already looked at that. We saw this could happen, so that's why we did this." Exactly. I mean, it's important. Exactly. Okay, what about our type seven coworkers? Our type sevens, fun, spontaneous, and adventurous. They are motivated by the need to be happy and plan stimulating experiences and avoid difficult feelings. So you want to give them multifaceted jobs and a long leash. You know, they <laughs> if they can, okay, today I need to work on this and this. Tomorrow I need to work on that. It gives them a little variety, which they like. Um, the mundane is... Like a data entry job would be mundane. It's <laughs> typically harder for them to to for you to get the fullness of what they yeah. offer in a job. Like I would that. think like an assembly line or something that's repetitive would drive a seven crazy. Yeah. Like that's not their job, yeah. probably. I mean, they want to give you the ideas and the excitement and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. We've talked about sevens who can take a, you know, I'm not saying they can't do mundane jobs, yeah. but they will do it. It'll be fun to watch them do their job. Yeah. We talked about flipping burgers in a previous episode. They'll be singing. They'll be flipping it up in the air, catching it behind their back. You know, whatever it is, you know, they will they need that fun, happy, stimulating experiences. So one thing you need to encourage, encourage them to stay on track so they can be busy flipping and grinning. But (laughs) they also need to get the job done in a timely manner. Yeah. You take advantage of their ability to take in information quickly and look for patterns mm-hmm. and make sense of complex knowledge. You know, they want to have fun, yeah. but they they are in the head triad. So they can, you know, synthesize that information quickly and spot. So you want to put them in positions where you can take advantage of that. Don't let them downplay problems and failures. Mm. So there's a time where we need to look at this failure and we need to make it better. Mm-hmm. Um, you can't always just brush it aside with a laugh kind of a thing. And not that all sevens do that, but the tendency is to reframe as okay. a type seven, reframe it into a positive. Some things happen that just are not positive and yeah. we need to f- fix it and move on. We can make it something positive, but that mistake just wasn't. So you you hold their feet to the fire not to downplay the problems and failures. Don't let them be distracted and encourage them to complete the job. That's good. So um, a seven that I know of in my family loves to make plans and they're fun. They're mm-hmm. all kinds of things. But when it comes to completing the plans, so they're another list maker, <laughs> this particular seven that I know and love. Uh, they make lists like, yeah. but it's the checking off of the list doesn't tend to typically happen. Yeah. <laughs> so you kind of got to encourage them to complete it. You're like, let's also. go back to your list. Yeah. Let's look at the list. The list was the fun part. You yeah. know, now, <laughs> and and don't forget, sevens are future oriented yeah. in their orientation to time. So they're ready. By the time we're here and now, they're already thinking about the next thing. Exactly. So let's complete the here and now. Yeah. And then we'll move on to the fun ideas that I know you have in your brain. Oh, you know? yes. <laughs> And I know we work with a couple of sevens and I often refer to them as like fun and carefree. But I also need to remember that that they bring a real sense of excitement to the team and they can really probably rejuvenate everyone with their ideas. Yeah. You know, something else to keep in mind is they are still in the fear triad. So how they deal with fear is to 
fill themselves up with stimulating experiences. Wow, so okay. there's still fear uh, sometimes lying underneath for type sevens that aren't aware of it. Wow. Um, so that's something to keep in mind too. Um, you know, when you're dealing with them, let's let's keep things positive. Let's find answers to problems, yeah. not dwell on the negative. Wow. Okay, how about our uh, workplace type eights? Type eights are commanding, intense, and confrontational. So they are motivated by the need to be strong, asserting control over the environment and others, and avoiding vulnerability. So when you are dealing with type eights, set limits to provide regular, straightforward feedback and clear boundaries. Don't fluff it up with a lot of stuff. You know, if you need them to do something, be very clear and straight to the point. They appreciate that. And then where it says about confrontational, if they see a flaw in your plan Mm -hmm. or in a program, they are going to try to address that just by stepping right up to it. Yeah. Okay. What about this? What about that? And so one thing I have noticed in my interactions with a type eight, of course, I'm a two. So I am trying to take all the words I say into account before I say them and, you know, which isn't bad, but I can do it to a fault sometimes. So I'm kind of hemming and hawing trying you're to filtering. deliver. You're yeah. filtering as you're, yeah. I'm trying to deliver something that's heavier. Yeah. Maybe a criticism or something, yes. but I'm trying to flower it up. Actually, they appreciate it if you just blip it out. They want it straightforward. They think more they have more respect for you if you just blip it back out they know they feel confident with where you are in your love for them yeah so just be clear i can hear them saying no game playing just give that's right give it to me like it is that's right (laughs) it's important to tell them the whole truth even when things are bad so you do not want to waffle when you are committing to a course of action you need to make a decision you need to do it you know, don't mm-hmm. go back and forth and back and forth. That that can be very frustrating to them. I'm sure. Uh, don't and also don't let them act too quickly without considering the consequences. So they love quick decisions so much yeah. that they might just jump right into one and then yeah. not weigh out the consequences. And then say, "Oops, you yeah. know, yeah." And again, we're talking in generalities. We're all at different levels of awareness of ourselves. We are. We are. And I think sometimes eights get a bad rap for being too tough or too hard on people. Um, like maybe eights would wouldn't make maybe not the best receptionist or welcome folks at the door, you know, and and maybe some do, but that might not be their favorite job. But eights, the eights I know are super efficient. They get the job done and they don't play games. You Mm -hmm. can count on them. You can count on them. Um, An eight specifically in my family is just, I mean, the administrative skills are off the chart and it's, it's a, it's a get her done type thing. Yeah. Um, she might not be everyone's favorite person when she mm-hmm. has to get the job done, but she is the person you call on and count on to get it done. Mm-hmm. So that I totally appreciate. What are some, we've gone through all the, all the nine numbers already. What are some final thoughts you have about this as far as the workplace and, and how important this is for people to know, know each other's types? Well, um, kind of going back to that idea of being known. I mean, if you, if you feel that you are part of something, like how do you feel you are a part of something? That someone knows you, mm-hmm. that you clearly know them, and you're working together on a on a project. Yeah. I feel that known factor can can carry so much weight into being a success yeah. in whatever the job, whatever the ministry. Um, 
and it and of course it does your family and your friends also but in specifically talking about getting a job done if we're all unified we will get it done and we it will. will be creative and it will be efficient yeah. and it will be done right and it will be kind and it'll be fun you know yeah. all the different things and we'll have peace about where we are so you think about all the different aspects that each type brings, it helps you work toward um, something with unity. I really, truly feel like it makes me more connected with all my coworkers. I mean, I we're blessed on our team here, and I really feel like we have strong connections. And but I, I feel like because the things we have done, like this, like learning the enneagram and learning each other's personality types and all that, we have become a better and a stronger team. And I truly feel like we're family here. So I go, okay, my brothers and my sisters, and we're not getting along in this area or that area. Well, I can look at the types and go back and go, okay, you know what? Maybe I misunderstood because this is how they see it or they feel it or whatever. So now that I know and we've done these things, I'm like, wow, I really feel like I know you better and so-and-so better and so-and-so better. And I I can appreciate you more, honestly. So to me, this has been such a really powerful tool and I highly encourage people to, um, you know, you might be in a workplace right now. Maybe your boss doesn't even know what this is. You know, what, what, what's the Enneagram? Maybe you should share it and, and find out if it's something that your team can do to learn, to learn each other better. I, I think that's a recommendation for me because yes. <laughs> I feel like it's helped our team a lot. Yes, it really has. We really hope that you've enjoyed this episode today and, and just and that you can learn how to connect better with your coworkers and create that healthy work environment that, that you like and that everyone would enjoy. And if you missed maybe some of the do's and don'ts that, that Ben went over today um, and you want to review them, you can actually find them in our show notes today so you can read that more thoroughly when you have more time. We're actually going to work on a, a Q&A um, podcast episode where we want to answer your questions that you have about the Enneagram whether they're just questions in general or they're about your specific type. If you have a question, please click the link in the show notes and we'd love to hear from you. And your question could even be you know, featured on that, uh, that future episode. And if you find this information helpful and you want to journey with us on this podcast, please subscribe so you don't miss anything. We look forward to seeing you next time.